0: Welcome everyone to an episode of the DL. I am your host Tyler Robertson, and I have to say this, trade show season has definitely kicked back into gear. COVID's kind of waning at least in public perception, cases maybe something else, but as we get asked to go to these trade shows quite often now, we get asked to do presentations on a variety of topics. So this one we're going to cover here, I was just at the TMC meeting here in the fall. Uh, This happened here in September over in uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. And going along with it at the same time at TMC, they co-located with the HD Repair Forum. So the HD Repair Forum, I got involved with them about two years ago. A lot of questions got asked about pre and post scan. So I'm a heavy truck guy. I didn't even understand what pre and post scan was or what they were trying to do or what they wanted to accomplish with it. So through all this, I've learned a lot Uh, we've actually got some new products and some new services. So I thought way better. I had to go present to this, the HD Repair Forum. I was like, you know what? These presentations take a lot of hours to put together and you go do a 30 minute presentation up on the stage. So I'm like, you know what? I think these are things that should also be on our podcast. So if you're at the HD Repair Forum, you heard a lot of this. Uh, For everyone else, you're about to learn about pre and post scan. So if you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised and, and learn something new here. By the way, if you're on YouTube, you're gonna be seeing some visual aids and some things coming up on that. If you're listening to us on the purely audio side of it, that's okay as well. I will walk you through everything going on there. And I'm gonna skip through for the the viewers kind of walking through who Diesel Laptops is. If you've been following us, you know, but the one point I wanted to get across more than anything else, is this isn't about diagnostic tools. That's where it started, but where it's turned into is really becoming a repair efficiency solution. And to do that, you need a lot of different pieces. You need diagnostic tools, you need repair information, parts information, training, you need to phone a friend or chat with a friend in order to fix something as well. So with all of that, we deal with a lot of customers over a bunch of different aspects. And in this vein, I'm gonna kind of talk more about the body shop side. But I can say when I was a service manager, I would have died to have something like this. And I actually tried to implement something like this uh, that we're gonna talk about here when I was a service manager and failed miserably at it. And that's because I didn't quite have the right tools and technology to do what I wanted to do. So if you follow along so far, you may be wondering what, what is pre and post scan, all right? A pre and post scan is exactly kind of what it sounds like. Before you work on a vehicle, you should be doing a scan of that vehicle. All right, and you wanna do that for a couple of reasons. One, you wanna validate any customer complaints. Two, you wanna know what other work may need to be done with it or what fault codes are active or what issues are active on the vehicle that may prevent you from doing what you need to do to the vehicle. And then you wanna do one when you're done as well. So you wanna do that one at the end uh, to validate, first of all, hey, a lot of these components today that you install, they need programming events done. They'll actually turn on fault codes. You wanna make sure you're getting yourself covered there. I was a service manager. I can't tell you how many times a truck left our facility, the guy's down the road and says, hey, ever since I left, my check engine light came on, I'm having all these problems, what did you guys do? And you're like, well, we did nothing. We worked on the ABS and now you have engine codes. They're not related, but of course, you know, customer perception. And I will also tell you my experience when I was a service manager, anytime we did a vehicle, we did, again, we tried to do this. We ended up mainly just doing engine stuff because it was too complicated. But when we were doing these things, we upsold so much more stuff because customers were in there. They want to prevent downtime. There's a huge upsell potential you have. Uh, but at the end of the day, scanning a vehicle before, scanning a vehicle after and putting the right processes around that decreases liability, decreases comeback, increases revenue or saves you more money if you're a fleet and it improves customer satisfaction or driver satisfaction, depending on how you want to look at it. And not only should a vehicle be scanned before and after, but it's our belief here at Diesel Laptops that you need to manage that data easily. So where I failed when I was a service manager is we would do pre and post scan, but we'd have reams of paper, and we'll talk about that here in a second. And really, it needed to all be stored up in the cloud so I could log into a website or my mobile device and view all my scans anytime, anywhere, all my pre and post, and be able to do comparisons between those things. So that's how it should work, and that's the way it should be done. So a lot of what happens in this pre and post scan terminology comes from the automotive industry. So in the automotive industry, all these manufacturers have come out with actual official position statements, they call them, where they've actually sent out technical service letters or made public announcements. And they say it in a bunch of different ways. So for example, Tesla says, when a component is replaced or installed, it's necessary to use a toolbox to make sure the component functions properly within the vehicle. And what they're saying there is, is we want to make sure that what you installed is operating correctly. Remember, automotive world, a lot of times they replace components, a door switch, um, little, little things that you wouldn't think have actually computers inside them that need to get programmed to the vehicle and actually to do things. A lot of engine componentry and a lot of body controllers. There's hundreds of computers in automotive. HD is not there yet, but it's definitely heading that way. So let's take a look at what Toyota says. Toyota says repairs should perform a health check diagnostic scan since, with a capable scan tool, is the only way to identify and document diagnostic trouble codes. It's necessary for repairs to perform a health check diagnostic scan before and after every repair if a vehicle sustained damage is around a collision. So, again, they're saying this in the vein of collision, but they're saying doing pre and post scan, they're safety systems. I can tell you at this conference I was just at as well, Volvo straight up said over 80% of their fleet models now have safety equipment coming installed on them. This is a thing that's happening in our industry and changing. And again, Ford, one more example. The vehicle must have a post-repair diagnostic scan completed if their vehicle has been repaired to verify that new faults have not been introduced in the course of the repair and to verify the vehicle has been fully repaired, right? And so on and so on. Basically, every single automotive manufacturer has come out and said these things. So I say all this to say is people always ask me, especially when I at the HD repair forum, which is more the collision and body shop industry, they come out and say, well, what are the position statements from the heavy duty truck manufacturers? And these position statements are important because a lot of it has to do with insurance. In the automotive side, because the factories have said that, it means they can get more money from the insurance company and the insurance companies have to request those. HD is not quite there yet, but it's my belief they're quickly heading there. So what I can say about the heavy duty manufacturers Freightliner, Volvo, uh, International, Peterbilt, Kenworth, all these companies have basically come out with uh, express assessments, accelerated service, express lane. They all have different names for them and they all have to deal with uptime. So, what the HD manufacturers are doing today is they're not coming out with position statements, but they are doing it. And they are doing it through these express lanes, these quick diagnostic lanes that they're doing. What are they doing? They're bringing the vehicle in. They're doing a pre-scan and they're sending it to the cloud and they're having a call center remotely involved. Their whole entire organization that dealerships at, can see all these scans and they're understanding this is a proper procedure we need to do with vehicles. And they're also making them do it on warranty claims. So most OEMs now, you have to have a vehicle health scan performed in order to actually even be able to file a warranty claim. And sometimes they're even asking for that when the vehicle is completed. So again, what are they doing? essentially what everyone's asking for in that collision industry is they're asking for, we wanna work on it before, we wanna work on it after. And again, I'm gonna go back to the fact when I was a service manager, I wanted to do this because I wanted to sell more service work to our customers and keep my shop full. Fleets, you wanna do it to decrease your downtime once that vehicle leaves your shop. And part of the complexity we had and the reason we failed at it is we'd have a truck roll in. So for example, we have an International ProStar well, that could have a Cummins engine or an international engine in it. For the, for the advanced driver assist systems, it could be a Wabco, could be a Bendix. Transmission, could be an Eaton, could be an Allison. Your ABS could be Wabco or Bendix. And now I got a cab controller. So when any truck rolled in that was of any recent age, you had to hook up multiple pieces of OEM software. That's what I had at the dealership. And then we had nowhere to put in the cloud. So now we're printing off stacks of paper. So now it's taking my technicians 10, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes just to go download all the vehicle data and again, print it off, staple it together. And now we end up with a packet about two inches thick full of all this paperwork that nobody ever did anything with. So very cumbersome, very difficult to do. And the reason that happens is it's not like automotive. They're not vertically integrated. Those trucks are multiple OEMs, as we talked about. You look at automotive, when you go buy a Ford or a Dodge or a Chevy, for the most part, and I, I get it, we have Allison and some other engine manufacturers in there, but for the most part, they are vertically integrated and have all their own electronics and they're able to do that much more simply. So it's just not the integration part with all the different OEMs. It's a fact that you have different types of cables. So let's just walk through what you could have on a commercial truck and why this is a little more complex. So if my vehicle was built before 2007, I'd probably have a six pin diagnostic port in it. If it was built about 2006-7 through through 16, I have a nine pin, which is with a type one, the black connector. Then in 2016-ish, we had the type two come out, which was the green connector. And then that was a covering all the HD trucks in North America, except Volvo said in 2013, let's come out with a heavy duty OBD2. So not a normal OBD2, but a heavy duty one where it's pinned differently. And then Mac, since they're owned by Volvo, followed up about two years later in 2015. And then you can kind of roll into, well, we also get trucks from Asia, right? we have the Fuzo's, the Hino's, the Isuzu's. Uh, They use normal OBD2, not HD OBD2. Uh, So there again, they're a little bit different. And then you have the Ford Chevy Dodge stuff. And I I should go back to some of that Fuzo, Hino, and Isuzu does have HD OBD2 in there, OBD in there as well. Um, And then you have all these other complexities. So for a while, when Chevrolet and GMC were making trucks with cat engines, they had an OBD2 cable port, but it was pinned completely different than any other OBD2 port. And even more so... 2016 Kenworth and Peterbilt with Cummins engines, not PAC car engines. They only have a nine pin in the dash, but they put it on the third can channel Well, everything else is on can one. So all of a sudden now you had to have a little adapter cable. So what does this mean? What this essentially means is when you connect to today's commercial trucks and you're in a repair environment, you could have any one of six different connectors available that you need to hook up to the vehicle. Uh, even more concerning now or confusing now for people trying to do this is the fact that as you're hooking up to vehicles, most over-the-road trucks now, almost all of them, have an ELD attached to it, an electronic logging device. That was a big push a couple of years ago. It's now happening in Canada as well. And the problem with this is there's over 120 different ELD manufacturers. There's one diagnostic port on the vehicle, typically. We'll talk about that, that in a second. Well, a lot of these ELD companies decided to come up with splitters, to come up with adapter cables, some hardwired, some did some just plugged in kind of all over the board. So what people find now too, is even plugging in the diagnostic port, it may already be used. It may be tied into something else. It may not actually put out all the traffic that's in there. It may not be, the power might be broken. There's a lot of things that can happen just at the diagnostic port level due to that happening. And then we have some vehicles like here's, um, if you're watching the video on the audio, the video portion here, uh, a Volvo truck with a Cummins engine. So Volvo uses HD OBD2, which is their own style OBD2 cable. Mm-hmm. But then if you have a Cummins engine, because Cummins doesn't use that, they use a regular old nine pin and that's kind of their de facto standard. Now all of a sudden you have two data ports inside of a a Volvo vehicle with a Cummins engine. So the world's not as simple and easy to use as it is for just the physical connection part, right? It's not like an automotive, plug my OBD2 in. Now I have a lot more complexity going on here so it makes it more difficult. And once you kind of get beyond the physical layer, we need to talk about the data layer. So what you often find out is if you're doing a pre and post scan, you want fault codes, right? And you want the right fault codes. You wanna see all the fault codes. And that's another important piece here is that there's a data quality issue that we see going on in the marketplace. So for example, if you drive a Peterbilt or Kenworth and depending on what year, you have a nice in clab display and it'll tell you these words like SA0 or SA1 or whatever it is, and they'll say SPNs. you can use your ELD providers. A lot of times they will do those same things. The SA is source address, by the way. So SA zero, source address zero is engine. And it'll say your SPNs and FMIs. Um, and again, we have, you know, lesser quality scan tools that are a couple hundred dollars that just kind of read these generic things. So the interesting thing here is, is if you call up a PACCAR dealer or look for the packer information and you try to tell them what your source address is, what your SPN is, what your FMI is, they're gonna they're going to look at you like you're crazy because those codes are not used at all in any of the repair information for Peterbilt and Kenworth with Packard engines. They use P codes and there's very few known translation tables between those SPN FMIs and P codes. And that's not because any of these tools are doing anything wrong. As I said earlier, even the in-cab device for those Kenworth and Peterbelts show those SPN codes. It's just, that's all they're wanting to show the users. Um, or they don't know to look on the right data stream. So in Kenworth and Peterbilt's case, they're purposely doing that. They're giving you a little bit enough to to meet the onboard diagnostic requirement the government set forth. Nothing you can really do with those codes at all. You need to get the right tool in order to function with those things. So again, if you're watching the video portion, you'll now see where I pull up a better tool that actually shows you what all those PU and B codes actually are, and it's not showing you the SPNs and FMIs. So now we have the proper tool that's reading the the correct data stream. And the other point I'll hit here as well is if you're depending on an ELD device or a lesser expensive tool by an unknown uh, quality tool manufacturer, you're not even getting all the fault codes. So I can tell you, uh, for example, Geotab. Geotab is a popular device used by a lot of ELD companies. And we see a lot of the reports I can tell you with 100% certainty, they are not grabbing all the diagnostic fault codes. They don't know how to look on UDS. They don't know how to convert, um, as we just talked about, into to these P codes or WWH OBD. There's a lot of other things that go on there. So with all that said, there's a multiple communication standards that go on on heavy-duty trucks today. So you're typically, your ELDs and less expensive tools, they're gonna read J1939, they're gonna read J1708, j 1587 OBD2. Where the kind of rubber meets the road is you get these better tools that have some better engineering in front of them. And they'll actually read the WWH OBD. They'll read UDS. And not only that, but now there's faster speeds being needed because now this other thing I mentioned, this ADAS, advanced driver assist systems. Now you have sensors, multiple cameras, Things need to happen very, very fast to process all that for safety equipment. So again, there's more, more standards that are coming down the pipeline uh, for heavy-duty trucks. So with all that said, I'm going to go back to the fact, I think anyone listening to this that works on trucks knows, hey, I would love to be able to do a pre- and post-scan, right? But it, it, it kind of needs to meet, in, in my mind, some of these criteria. It needs to be easy to connect to the vehicle. It needs to read all the protocols, it needs to read all the computers on the vehicle. It needs to read all the public and proprietary codes. It needs to show both generic and OEM codes. It really needs to have a cloud platform where we can hook up a tool and then view it on a website or on a mobile device. And we wanna view all the scans our company does no matter how many locations or how many technicians we have. That piece is needed. And it needs to be affordable. and I really think you need that kind of remote technician assistance available as well to help analyze what those things are. Technicians typically aren't experts at looking at a bunch of fault codes and figuring out what happened when, and what's important, and what's not. You need something that you can call for that stuff. So basically what I'm going to do here is I'm going to talk about a bunch of different tools in the vein of just a pre and post scan, and let's see which ones actually fit. So those categories I just went through, that was eight categories. We're gonna put a score on each of those, a one through five or really a zero through five score. So uh, really you can get 40 points maximum is what we're saying here when it comes to pre and and post scan tools and where we're going, Uh, right? And I'm gonna start with the lowest scan, the lowest uh, points at the beginning and we'll work our way up. So the very first group I'm gonna talk about here is really all of the Asian import tools. And these tools go under a lot of different ways. Fcar, Topdon, CanDo, Xtool, Launch, Matco, Atel. When you put these things side by side with each other, there is very, very little difference in the actual functionality level. I can tell you Atel's definitely near the top of it and some of these other tools are definitely on the bottom of it. But for the most part, you're gonna find that these Asian import tools will do about 80% of what you need it to do. They're not going to read all the codes. They're not going to be able to do all the diagnostic commands and things you may or may want to do. We find a lot of inconsistencies. So we have three employees here full-time at Diesel Laptops, and all we do is we test these things. We test, test, test. We own a bunch of trucks ourselves. We have a network of customers that have trucks across really South Carolina, but across the country as well. And we take these tools and we compare them with each other. We compare them with OEM tools. We compare them with the higher-end tools, and we want to know how good or how bad they are. And we do that for a couple of reasons. One, we want to represent them all so that when customers call in and they say hey, how good or bad is your tool, we can actually tell them exactly how we feel it fits into the whole, the whole world of diagnostic tools. And our tech support needs to know and our sales department needs to know because inevitably customers always call and say, hey, this tool I'm interested in, does it do X, Y, Z on ABC? So basically I'm, I'm lumping all these Asian import tools kind of into option one. And I'm going to tell you on that 40 point scale, we plug it at at about a 19. And again, the ones that it's kind of getting the real low scores on are the fact that we still have no cloud platform. We would have to print off scans and I don't think we're getting all the right data and all the correct data. We, they don't have remote technicians available. The affordability, it's kind of on the lower end as well. Uh, mainly because um, they're not $8,000 tools, they're $3,000, $4,000 tools. So they're, they're, they're in that middle zone. Um, but they, they will work. You're just not gonna get 100% of what you need. And I don't think you can properly manage today that uh, pre and post scan environment with those tools. I think they'll get there, uh, but they're not there today. The number two option I'm gonna go through is OEM software. So this is what everyone says is, why do we need aftermarket tools? Why can't we just buy all the OEM software? Well, first of all, there's literally over two dozen pieces of OEM software you need. Just your initial costs alone to go buy all of that software is gonna be in the $10,000 plus range. And you're gonna have about that price doing your annual updates and support to keep getting all that software. So remember, as I mentioned earlier, it's not just the engine, we gotta get transmission, we gotta get body controllers, cab controllers, ABS, ADAS. We need a lot of other information on these things in order to do a proper vehicle health report. So we scored them about a 21 if you just had to look at it as OEM software. And again, the big zeros are the affordability, They're not offering remote technician assistance and they definitely don't have cloud platforms, but they will read all the protocols. They'll read all the fault codes and they'll they'll get you in that lump. Um, and some of these I would say are not easy to connect with either. If you've ever used premium tech tool, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, but anyway, the big dings, expensive, difficult to manage all the software, not all of it's available and there's are better options. So we score them about a 21 out of a 40. So, the next one up, I'm going to talk about JPro software by Noragon. So, Noragon, they are definitely much easier to connect a vehicle with. Where I ding them a little bit is the fact that uh, they need multiple cables. So, they'll include three or four different OBD2 cables in their box and make you sw- physically swap out those OBD2 cables each time. They could have done that in the software, but they chose to do that on the hardware end instead. And the other thing with with the JPro software, it will connect to the vehicle. It will read all the protocols. It will read most of the ECUs and the proprietary codes and all those things. We found specific instances where they haven't, um, but that's okay. They're, they're, they're up there in the, the high 90% of the time. Uh, where I would say they don't do well is giving users the ability to manage all those vehicle scans through a cloud environment, and they don't have remote technicians available to help unless you pay a pretty substantial monthly fee on top of that. So the affordability as well. It's expensive. It's $3,600 a year. You have to pay that fee each year or the program stops working completely. So they they work better, I think, than the OEM software and the other options in the pre and post scan world. It's just going to be an expensive option for you. That $3,600 is for software only. You do need to buy the hardware as well. On top of that, we scored in Oregon a 24 out of possible 40 points. So I'll go on to another option for you. This is one of our pieces of software. So I'm going to go to our PF Diagnose program. You'll We score us at about a 25 uh, out of 40. And again, I, I feel like we're just as easy to connect to as Noragon. I kind of compare this to Noragon. We're reading, again, we're not 100% perfect with this platform on the fault codes. We're right there with Noragon on theirs. Um, where we score a little bit better is the fact that we do include remote diesel technicians available to help you with this thing. But again, a big goose egg for the ability to have a cloud platform to manage the vehicle scans. Um, and I would say Noragon software is easier to connect than our PF Diagnose. Um, so there, there's some different differences of opinion there, um, but they're kind of close to each other. So the next one I want to talk about is the next option up, and that's Jaltest and TEXA. So we do score these guys a 29 out of 40 points. Uh, they are definitely going to make it easy to connect. They are definitely going to read all the fault codes, all the ECUs between the two of these, we've sold probably 15,000 of these units, uh, over the last five years. We're, we're very comfortable in what they do and what they don't do. Uh, where they, where they don't still quite fit in is a couple areas. Number one's affordability. So these are tools that are going to be seven, $8,000 each. So they are, they are not cheap tools and they're really overkill for a lot of people that want to work and just do pre and post scans on a light level. So these do do full dealer level diagnostics, which a lot of people don't need, which is why the price is what it is. You'll find also they don't provide remote diesel technicians available to help. So you would need to get that from whoever's selling your TEXA or your Kajali tool. And then we also have the situation where there really isn't a cloud platform to manage those vehicle scans. Option five, the Test and Texas software, we gave them about 29 out of 40. I know one of these manufacturers is really close to releasing something, which is gonna be great, um, which will help the cause. Uh, But these are two premium tools that will at least get you a little bit closer uh, to what you need. And we actually give uh, another option we have here is a free option, which is our Diesel Explorer 2.0. So we took that software I mentioned a couple slides ago and we rebuilt it from the ground up. And we said, man, we need to go out there and we need to connect and read all the computer, all the, we need to easy to connect. We need to read all the protocols, all the fault codes, show all the appropriate data. And let's go ahead and make this program free. So when you kind of add up what we're good at, we give ourselves 30 out of 29 points. However, we're still missing two really important things. We don't have a cloud storage available and we don't have remote technicians that come along with a free product. So we're still not quite, quite of the way there yet. So when I when I kind of go back to all the options that exist in the market, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I really want to scan every vehicle before and every vehicle after, um, what what you'll find is some of these tools we talked about definitely check the boxes. Some of them don't check some of the boxes, and there's one in particular that none of them check uh, that I view as being very critical, and that's the cloud platform to manage vehicle scans. So in this regard, uh, none of them kind of kind of hit that hit that thing. But we have a solution coming to the market very, very shortly that I want to make you aware of. So if you've been following us, you'll know back about five months ago, six months ago, we released a product uh, through Dorman Products called the Diesel Decoder. This is a little handheld tool, uh, very, very small, and That tool will connect to a vehicle, and today what that thing will do is connect, read all the codes, view live data. You can do on-demand health reports. There's no monthly fees. It works with iOS and Android, and you're talking a $350 tool. So what we've done is we've taken everything we've learned about diagnostics and code reading and all this live data, we've put it into the Diesel Decoder and our free PC-based software called Diesel Explorer, and the new version coming out very shortly will allow you to use either of those tools and send that data to a platform, a cloud, which we call Diesel Health. And on Diesel Health, you will be able to log in, see all the locations in your organization, see all the vehicles that have been scanned, and see all the scans that have been done to those vehicles. So now we're giving you a very quick, easy, and inexpensive way to do pre and post scan. And we've also tied that into two more places. So when you're on that platform, you'll be able to one-click over to our repair information. So you'll easily be able to go from a fault code rate to the fault code repair information or a wiring diagram or remove and replace instruction or a torque spec or a technical service bulletin or whatever content you're looking for. So that's number one. Number two, we tied it in to our call center. So for people that are on the Diesel Health platform, it won't be free, it'll be a subscription model. But when you're on that platform, you'll be able to one tap and be instantly able to talk to our call center and our call center is currently staffed with almost 50 people in it now, half of, which, half of which are diesel technicians, half are IT pros. So we're putting a whole platform together to allow you to do quick and easy scans. So we really think this hits the mark. We really think now if we take Diesel Explorer or the decoder and we pair it with Diesel Health, we think we get you almost to exactly what you need, right? So we're trying to get you all the way up to that you know, 40 Uh, 40 points as close as we can. And we think we're about we're going to be about 38 out of 40 on the scale when we look at it. And you'll be able to do it with free desktop software or inexpensive mobile devices. And you'll have to have a paid subscription at Diesel Health Platform. We don't have pricing on it yet. We're in beta testing with body shops currently. It's working out very, very well. We've had conversations with people in other industries, dealerships, quick lubes, DPF cleaning companies, fleets. It's a thing everybody would love to do. Everyone knows it's a best practice. It's never been easy to do. And we really feel that this option, when it's released, hopefully here by the end of the year, is something that you're gonna be really interested in trying out. So with all that said, when I was presenting to this HD Repair Forum, I was there two years ago. Last year was canceled due to COVID. When I was there two years ago, I heard a a resounding thing through the entire organization, uh, through the meetings, it was a constant thread. We have no access to look up our own parts. We have to call the dealer. That was really the pivotal moment for me when I said we really need to get to market here with our diesel parts platform. So if you go to parts.diesellaptops.com, you can go on there. You can look up your own parts through exploded views, cross-references by measurements, component guides. There's, There's all kinds of great resources on there that we've developed to help you look up your parts quicker. And that works in conjunction with the site I mentioned earlier, which is our diesel repair platform. That is located at repair.diesellaptops.com. So this is a freemium platform for repair information. And again, I hope everyone's kind of seeing how all these things are coming together now. Diagnostic tools, parts, repair. You have to have all the pieces of the puzzle in order to do those things. And keep in mind as well, if you go to diesellaptops.com and you just type in Diesel Explorer in the search bar, or we have uh, some banners that come up there on as well, you can download Diesel Explorer for free to see how this desktop PC-based software is gonna work. You will need a device to attach between the truck and the computer you're using, but it is free and it is out there. So with all that said, I hope for people listening to this, they, they walk away thinking a little bit more about how do they do business better? And again, it goes back to if you are a repair shop, take care of your customers, provide value. That really does involve you doing a health scan and telling your customer what's going on with their vehicle and being proactive in their repairs. If you're a fleet, You want to keep those trucks up on the road as long as possible. Again, doing a pre and post scan every time you work on your vehicle is one of those things that can definitely make that happen. So with all that said, we always appreciate feedback. Feel free to leave comments. You can hit us up at thedl at diesellaptops.com. You can also hit us up on YouTube or in the social media channels that you find this. And we sign off every episode. It's just not diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And that starts with doing a pre and post scan. Thank you for watching and listening.